I am uh, really glad you came back this week. You were probably with us last week uh, to, with our interview with Nate Larkin, and uh, we're talking about uh, some of the things from his book, Samson and the Pirate Monks, uh, from Samson Society, working with men, and uh, to an extent with women as well, uh, helping bring counsel, clarity, vision, hope for the future. Last week, we talked a lot about some of the problems of why we get involved in these these uh, addictions, these struggles, yeah. this, sin, this in nature. Uh, we're going to turn the table a little bit and talk about uh, some of the recovery processes. Yeah. Uh, how, do, how do we get out of this? What is the first step in somebody who's um, saying, I'm addicted, um, whether sexual sin or some other yeah, form? Yeah. Uh, what's the first step somebody usually comes to to start the process of getting healing and hope and health? Yeah. Now, now there are some guys, I was never one of them, who spontaneously uh, <laughs> reach a point where they, you know, they're, Sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? Yeah, right. And they're they're just going to get help. So, I, know, I know I know where you're headed here. I think. But yeah. Let me stop you there for just a second because you're saying you're not one of them. You, you, were you never sick and tired of being sick and tired? I was or? sick and tired, but not sick and tired enough. Okay. Yeah. To uh, take the leap and and go for help and tell somebody everything. Okay. Gotcha. Right? But others get to that point. On their yeah. Own. There's some people who yeah. do. Okay. Not that many. Most of us, <laughs> most of us, it takes uh, divine intervention. It takes a catastrophe of some kind. It takes, yeah. uh, it's sometimes said that we don't change until it becomes less painful to change than to stay the way we are, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it, it takes some pain, right? And then the, f the first step is, uh, is getting honest. And we're not going to get honest until... Um, we've first until either we don't have the option of being dishonest. We've been found out, yeah. Or until we find a place where it's safe enough to be honest to okay. start to say the truth, right? Mm. Yeah. And um, and I have found in Samson really that's the great gift of Samson. You get into you get into the first meeting, and guys, it's hard to tell the whole truth right away. It's yeah. scary because some of us have gone pretty deep in this behavior. But we, first of all, when we hear other guys tell their stories and they can do it without shame and without condemnation, without self-hatred because they've encountered the love of God and they're in, and encountering healing and they've got some hope. Uh, and they can admit to doing some of the darker things that we've done. Now mm -hmm. it becomes safe for us to say, yeah, me too. I've gone there yeah. and to kind of... But uh, I don't think recovery really starts until we start to get honest. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody is listening to us right now that has that inner struggle. They're going like, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm almost sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost at the end of my rope. Yeah. Um, and they, so you're, are you suggesting then they go find somebody safe to talk to? Yeah. A, a group, uh, and they can come right to you guys, right? At Simpson Society, you guys have online yeah. groups and stuff. So if they can't find, if they don't feel like the church is a safe place, right? they can come come and con contact you guys, right? And that would be a starting place. I, I like what you're, it's interesting what you're saying, too. They, they sort of start off telling the story a little slowly. Like, yeah. I, you know, I look at pornography once every five years. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, next yeah. week, it's like, you know, I'm there, I'm, this is a daily, <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, but, um, all right, so after that, so they start this process, they're, they're kind of starting to open up to a few people that they trust. Yeah. Um, for some people, that doesn't. I mean, I, I think I remember my first early days of sort of confessing. Yeah. This. Yeah. 
uh, I thought, okay, well, everybody tells me that's that's the secret. That's the secret sauce that sets you free. Uh, and I did that's that. That's the start. Like, no, wait a minute, that didn't do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I got frustrated because it's like, okay, well, you know, now now I'm exposed, right? And not any better, right? Yeah. So I was I was more frustrated. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Uh, Although you know it did feel good in a sense, like, okay, you know, yeah. I, I said something to somebody and they didn't, you know. Call right. me a reprobate. You know? Yeah, yeah. And so that was good. But uh, so the, from moving into the yeah classes, what do you do? So what we tend to think is that we think that the behavior is the problem. Hmm. My desire when I've walked into my first meeting was I wanted to become the person I had always pretended to be. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I came because I wanted to become a better Pharisee. Wow. Uh, the Pharisees um, were really focused on outward behavior, and they were very well-behaved people yeah. who thought that they were morally superior as a result. And you know, and Jesus called them out and said, "You know, you're whitewashed sepulchers. Yeah, but you guys are." Even though they were blameless in their outward behavior, right? Yeah, right. So. Confessing my behavior, first of all, is a good first step. But if I think that that is the solution and that stopping that behavior is going to fix me and going to set me right with God and things, I'm crazy because mm. I'm far sicker than that. Mm. My my sin runs really deep. So uh, I have found a behavior that effectively medicates the pain that's caused by my deeper problems, right? Yeah. But where where confession really needs to go, it, it, well, in a couple directions. First of all, um, there is certainly wounding in the background in the background that uh, needs to be faced and healed. So there is healing that's involved. So there's there is that, and then there is also confession of my own sin because I am a participant in this thing, mm. and um, so. With the help of other people, clear-eyed people who are on the same path, traveling in the same direction, um, participants in the same kind of sins and character defects, right? Uh, and and have some experience in spotting them. I need to take a look at my pride, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my first sponsors pointed out to me that prob here I was all focused on my sexual behavior. My bigger problem was pride. Wow. Right. Yeah. Um, and you agreed with that when you heard, when you heard that or? Well, no, 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 or because I was very good at false modesty. Yeah. Okay. Which I thought was humility. Yeah. There's a there is a ton of difference between false modesty. I was a very modest person. Mm. But but arrogant in the extreme. Mm. Wow, it, it it and I wouldn't say that I have mastered humility, but I'm far more humble now. Yeah, uh, one of the great benefits of recovery, right? Yeah, and because I have, you know, God has this great wrecking bar in His hands that I gave Him, which is my sex addiction, right? Mm. It's a tool that He uses <laughs> to pry, you know, to dig deep for mm. the stuff that's really problematic. Yeah, you seem to have that backwards. It seems like the pride is. Sort of the exterior cell, but the real core problem I have is my sexual sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're saying it's the opposite. It's the it's opposite. Like, you know, sure, yeah. exactly. And so the, that changes the whole, the the whole philosophy, or the no, the whole 
methodology of, of getting healed or what you're aiming for. Yeah. It, it, that seems like it would change radically then because you're not just looking at, okay, here's my behavior, but you're looking at some of the issues of the heart. Right, exactly. And, then, and that, yeah. that's so you're going deeper. That's what Jesus talked about, clean the inside of the cup. Yeah. Rather than the outside only. Yeah, there is so much. So it's amazing. Like in Samson, we always have a, we always have a sharing time in the meeting, right? We rarely talk about sex. Hmm. We talk an awful lot about, oh, uh, anger and arrogance and entitlement and fear and sadness mm. and loneliness and uh, those deeper issues, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, and, uh, and if recovery becomes a doorway into that kind of an examined life, where now I'm willing to kind of open up the door and look at it myself, I'll yeah. put myself under God's gaze. Mm. Open myself up, not just to Christ, but to the body of Christ. Yeah. Right? Um, now, real spiritual transformation rather than behavior modification. Real character change becomes possible. Mm. Um, like and that. it doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen. Mm. Yeah. It, I, to me... To, I, I, I tell guys who, you know, who are just distraught because they've just, D-Day has happened. They've been hit by the bus. The world's come apart. They don't know how they're going to survive. And I tell them, you just pulled the golden ticket <laughs> because you now have an opportunity for this ad spiritual adventure, this life change. Everything's on the table. And you're going to, you have the opportunity to grow like you've never grown in your life and to Trust God like you've never trusted him because he's going to get real, real, real fast. Mm. Right? Mm. And you're going to get down to the brass tacks. The niceties are gone at home. We're not polite anymore. Everything's out. We're saying it. Um, this, uh, this, you're on the launching pad. And this, uh, my experience is, you know, I'm grateful to be an addict because that got me into recovery and and now I was able to do the spiritual work that I was unwilling to do when I was just performing. Mm, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. When you said uh my first question about you know really facing the need for recovery. Yeah. You said you were trying to be a better Pharisee. Pharisee. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm not sure I understand what you mean by that. Like uh, Yeah, I just wanted to behave like, better. I mean you weren't thinking like I mean, that's that's what that's looking back now. You said yeah, that, yeah. that's what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. You weren't actually thinking that's like, man, I really hope I can be a good Pharisee. No, 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 no. But I think yeah. I had a Pharisee's outlook because I really thought the porn was the problem. That's the Pharisee's outlook. Yeah, that's what you mean. So, and yeah, you, yeah. And you wanted to be better at that, better right. at not. Yeah. Doing. Uh, if if that. I had just somehow been successful in shutting down the porn, okay. never yeah. seeing another prostitute. And nothing else has changed, and I was still the same arrogant, uh, self-sufficient, uh, careful, hidden, superior guy that I had been, um, you know, covered up with a nice veneer of false modesty. Mm. I, I would have been, I was not an easy person to live with. Mm. Um, you know, I, the night, the great thing about recovery, it forced me to join the human race. Yeah, right. Come, become alive and a human. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, the, the um, 
the, the uh, I almost heard your wife say amen from Nashville just to <laughs> say. <laughs> said, we're in Colorado Springs here. Yeah, now. yeah. But uh, yeah, so so it's a, it's a sanctification process then really. Is yes, it is. Yes, it is terminology around it's that. sanctification that, on steroids yeah <laughs> in that process this is a dangerous question so even if you don't want to answer it if it's too theological don't worry about uh we'll, we'll go on to something else but I'm, i've always been curious does god allow us or put us in a place where we are more susceptible to sin in order to work something deeper in us yeah i mean i wonder the same thing hmm. yeah yeah uh, yeah, know, I know. I know God's not the. You know, I don't think we'd ever. He's not the author, author of sin, but right, right. But he seems to allow us to maybe the, not. I wouldn't call it room. To, you know, rope to hang yourself. Yeah. But but rope to go out there. The prodigal son, maybe in a sense. Yeah. You know, maybe God allowing that he could. You know, God in his sovereignty could stop that. Say, son, just stay home. Uh, yes. Here, here's a here's a Saul Paul conversion yeah. for you even before you leave. Yeah. But he doesn't. He lets him go out. They're in that, and I think... And gives him the money to go. And, yeah, and so therefore, he is a better... He, he, he's more faithful to his father, more loving to his father, more... He's yeah. a more transformed person because of his experience in the, in yeah. the in the pig pen. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like, I don't really have a whole lot of theological data for that or b- biblical basis of scripture. Yeah. I've just always been aware of that, that it seems like, you know... Mm. I, I, you know, at least God brings something good out of it. If, if not, even He's uh, allowing and designing certain things to to get us to where He wants to. You know, if if His if His ultimate goal is after you know our sanctification and our likeness yeah. to Him, yeah, it seems like He would put everything on the table to to, to yeah. make that thing happen. And um, so, in a sense, you could say, you know, not not glad I was in sin, but sin certainly drove me towards finding a deeper healing than I was the superficial yeah. things like you're talking like you're talking about. So I'm, I'm glad to, that you're mentioning that, that God is after something deeper. And I don't think he's, I don't think he's panicked by our sin. Mm. Um, and, and I do think his grace is prevenient. I think it comes even before we yeah. have, yeah. Uh, uh, sin. I, I think it's come by, <laughs> yeah, I, I have uh, a deep, belief and a growing faith in the grace of God, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Even during those darkest times when I, you know, hated myself, tried to hate my sin, thought if I could hate my sin or hate myself enough, I could stop and could never hit bottom. Mm. I think God's affection for me never wavered for a minute. That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, switching gears just a little bit here, because yeah. I think there's a lot of people our age that are listening to this. Yeah. Um, we have some younger audience as well, but so, so let's speak to the, the ones a little bit older now and they have par- yeah. their, their parents, yeah. maybe even grandparents. Um, they're concerned about the, I mean, the, the tidal wave yes. of uh, permissiveness yeah. and sexual yeah. pervasiveness, how it's yeah. just like, you know, poor kids. They just, yeah. You know, they have it on their phone. Like we didn't have that. You know, you had to go some right. drive somewhere to get something. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for parents of helping? Number one, guard their children from yeah. engaging in this kind of yeah. life that could be destructive. Number two, if they see them slipping into it, yeah, 
Um, what kind of actions can they be, do they, you know, do they get all alarmed and yeah. put disciplines in place or is it more kind? Uh, so first start with the guarding our children, grandchildren from pornography. From, yeah. Um, and even from the deeper issues, probably guarding them from pride, guarding sure. them from anger. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, that's the destructive potential of pornography is so great. Uh, and, and children especially are so vulnerable that we really need to go overboard on protecting them. So I'm for not giving the kids uh, unfiltered Internet access. I don't think you know, my grandkids don't wander around with screens. Yeah. Um, and uh, fortunately, with Covenant Eyes and some other programs, there are ways that you can uh help protect uh, and be notified when they start to uh, cross the line, when their curiosity gets the best of them, right? Which is inevitable. Yeah. Okay. I think the other important thing to do is to make uh, porn and sexuality and uh, a, a, a topic of conversation that is... That, that isn't surrounded by all kind that you know that it isn't just couched in punitive language it isn't made a fearful thing i so wish that um my parents had told me a little bit about sex i i wish i had been warned that porn existed hmm. uh that i would see it that i would like it uh that that didn't make me a bad person it made me a a, a male human yeah. right right Right. Uh, but that, uh, but, and that I would probably need help to resist it, yeah. but that resisting it would be absolutely essential to my long-term happiness, uh, and, uh, a failure, you know, I, I would be putting a lot of things at risk if I went down that road, even if all my friends were going down that road. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the kind of conversations that we need to have. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's healthy. Yeah. So at what age will you start to? Well, average age of first exposure to porn these days is eight. Eight. Wow. So eight. You're starting. So you can do it <coughs> in age appropriate ways. Yeah. Unfortunately, there are there are some uh, materials. Covenant Eyes has some stuff that's available okay. now. Yeah. Uh, Pure Hope has some stuff that's available now. Good. Um, but, you know, we want to maintain the fiction that our sweet children, grandchildren yeah. are, uh, you know, completely naive and innocent about sexual things. But in this culture, that's not the case. Yeah. We just had our grandkids uh, over for the weekend, a couple overnights this last weekend. They're 11. And um, I am astonished. First of all, by how much they don't know, and and secondly, by how much they do know hmm. already. What do you mean by that? Like, they know they know things well, you didn't think they would know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that I mean, uh, well, I mean, they're speculating uh, about you know which classmates are gay and which aren't. Okay, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, the, I'm not sure that they understand all the mechanics. I, I, yeah. Their mother has talked with them about hmm. in age-appropriate ways about sex, but at least. Yeah. Um, they were not shy about talking about it yeah. with their grandmother and me. <laughs> yeah, good. Which was pretty amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's probably pretty rare too. I would imagine. And a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, talk to your grandma. 
<laughs> She's good at answering those questions. But if yeah. we're not talking about to, yeah. to them about it, the culture will. And if we don't talk to them about it, we are sending a very clear message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Then when they you discover they are yeah. uh, looking or maybe even yeah. starting the process of uh, constant it, prevailing use in their life, Yeah. Uh, do you go... Hard and heavy on them. Uh, yeah, I'm here discipline. to help. Okay. Yeah, I think I think it can be dis- discipline. Doesn't have to be punitive. Okay. Right. What would that look so, like? So, so this this is bad behavior. Okay. Right. Yeah. This is harmful behavior that we can't take lightly. Okay. And um, I love you, and I want the best for you, yeah. and I respect you, and I. Um, and I don't trust you any more than I trust myself. It's one thing I know as an adult. I need help dealing with this high octane stuff. Yeah. You need help too. Yeah. I'm here to help. Yeah. 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 That's, I think I, I would go with, you know, okay, you're looking, you're actually looking for something good. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe the wrong direction, but, but you're really after something good. You're after, you know, connection. Yeah. You're, you're after intimacy. You're after yeah. community. Right. Uh, you're after being loved and loving others. So good for you. you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's just avoid the yeah. things that maybe, uh, won't get you there. You're not going to actually get what you need. Right. As a matter of fact, you'll that's you'll lose yeah. you'll lose what you really need because you're uh, getting like you really need vegetables, but you're getting all soda. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know maybe that could help our yeah. kids, grandkids as well too. And I certainly think you know as a grandparent, well, I certainly can help my kids by being a little bit more available, a, b- a bit of a, mm-hmm. a an additional resource. Yes. Of, of helping them talk about issues openly yeah. and stuff. Because sometimes I, I think I would have rather talked to my grandfather yeah. than even my father, you know, because yep. uh, I think just the, the old guy who just probably been through it all. And yeah. My grandfather was kind of a rugged, a rugged guy, an Italian guy that came over from America, uh, from Italy, uh, you know, uh, got on a boat on his own when he was like 16 years old. So wow. A real kind of a man's man. So he, yeah. not that my father wasn't, but just uh, in a different way. Yeah. And so I think we as grandparents can play a, a good role. In Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because I, I think our kids are, you know, my father's last sermon was on uh, the dangers of easy access, the telephone, the internet, the wow. computer and stuff like that, you know, which is strange. He was, I remember he was sitting down in the chair uh, up on the stage because he was having a hard time standing. He was not feeling well. Wow. And it shocked me. I thought, you know, it'd be, I thought it'd be the last thing you'd talk about is, yeah. you know, you're using your phone, your phone for, yeah, and not only for you know, pornography, but just the waste of time and the yeah, games yeah, and yeah, like yeah. that, and the, the, lose the pursuit of God. I will tell you this: uh, another a big uh, addiction that is really uh, causing a, a a ton of damage relationally, culturally, is uh, video game addiction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so guys are just, they're not marrying or they're, or they're, uh, not participating in a marriage and losing a spouse. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, and I frankly didn't really get it. Mm. Uh, it's a process addiction. I uh, like porn is, or yeah. like gambling is. I sort of got it, but didn't and kind of looked down my nose at yeah. the young men who couldn't break away from, uh, you know, whatever it is, they're playing Mortal Kombat or whatever. Right. And then just a few weeks ago, um, Allie showed me this little game she was playing on her phone. <laughs> I'd never put a game on my phone, mm-hmm. right? And it's a kind of a simple game, and it's some translucent 
tubes and balls of different colors and mm -hmm. you bounce the balls from one tube <laughs> to another until you get all one color in the tube and then you get a little celebration. There's a fireworks display. <laughs> a little and, shot of endorphin or yeah. something. Yeah. Well, I started, I downloaded the game and then I found I'm, I start playing it with increasing frequency. Mm. And uh, so I actually played that game more than a thousand times, right? Mm. And got to the point where I kind of mastered the game. Well, then I, uh, I only play the free version of the game. The price is I got to sit through ads between rounds, yeah. mostly ads for other games. So just two weeks ago, <laughs> There's one of these ads dares me to prove my intelligence hmm. by uh, downloading this game where I'm sliding tiles around a chess checkerboard and and uh, so I took the dare hmm. and uh, but this game you never got the celebration hmm. you just you played until you couldn't place any more tiles and then it was over. And uh, you got a point for every tile you placed. Well, the first time I played the game, I got 400 and some points. I thought, that's pretty good. And then it showed me my ranking. And I was, there were 20,000 people in the state of Tennessee who had a higher score than me. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, so I, I got some shame. Hmm. I got some competition. Uh, it's a very unpredictable game. You don't get the, you know, you get these different clusters of tiles and random sequences, right? So, but apparently other people have figured it out. So I immediately, you know, go for yeah. round two. Right. I start to play this game compulsively. Wow. I mean, compulsively. Hmm. So, I, you know, I'm playing it while I'm walking the dog. I'm playing it while I'm sitting in the kitchen waiting for the tea kettle to boil. I start playing it rather than working. Mm. I'm working. I hit a tough spot. I, it's a little frustrating. I pick up the game. Yeah. And uh, and then at bedtime, I tell myself, I'll just play a couple times. And I play into the wee hours of the morning. Yeah. Hooked hard. Wow. I had that game on my phone for three days. Um, and, and by the third day, I realized... This is the same thing as porn. That's intense. For me. Wow. Same thing as porn. Hmm. So it's 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 random, it's unpredictable, hmm. it produces shame. Because hmm. I can never really beat the game, right? Yeah. And that was enough of a cocktail. It, it, oh, it, but whenever I uh, from time to time I would make a good move, right? And then it would give me, it would, it would compliment me. It would go, it would go, you're clever, it would say on the screen, right? Wow. Clever move. So it would entice me with a little bit of encouragement, but then it would end in shame. I had, I, I wiped that phone from, there it was. So there's the intensity of that and the, it's enough to make you angry in a sense, you know, like a, the, um, there's this book called The 10 Day Detox. Yeah. And Dr. Mark Harmon says um, the food industry, you know, you, you almost can't, you know, break yeah, free yeah. from sugar. And so, it could be, yeah, yeah. you know, so you don't have a candy bar, but then you, you have a bowl of cereal and you don't know it's like it, two cups of sugar. And right, so right, 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 right. You're, yeah. there's these, there's like a di diabolical scheme going on. Yes. 
uh, behind the scenes we don't even know yeah. to introduce us to things and to keep us hooked in things. Yeah. And so, you know, the food industry is doing that. Obviously, we know the porn industry is doing that. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and uh, this book, Detox, talks about, um, you know, they pay millions of dollars to scientists to discover ways to get you hooked. Yes. You know, and I think, I don't know about the pornography industry. I'm sure it's the same. Yep. But now even in games, you know, oh, the, yeah. these guys are skilled at like, you know, giving you that little, like, oh, you're clever. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, you're now in the 10, top 10 percentile of yes. uh, play for two more hours and you'll be, yes. you know, in that. Yeah. And so that's, that's, so we're, you know, with the, um, the, the, uh, I'm reading a book now that talks about being a dissident. Christians now are no longer the moral majority. Right. We are a minority and we're dissidents and we have to start living like dissidents, which means yeah. we fight against culture. We, yeah. we don't, we don't, uh, yeah. we just don't do things. Which doesn't mean we way. fight against our neighbors. We no, still love our no, neighbors. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it's, it's more a fight again in ourselves, not yes. against ourselves, but in ourselves. We, 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 we're going to fight the good fight of yes. faith. Like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to resist. When it's hard to resist porn, I'm going to resist yeah. porn again, and and the resistance is not bootstrapping it and saying like, but it is, you know, I think for me it has to be, you know, what better am I after? Here? There's something better I'm after here. Yeah. Uh, okay, this game makes me feel like competitively I'm I'm in the top. Yeah. There's, yeah. Maybe there's a better way of. I climbed in the know. rankings to number uh, six hundred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And what are we after there? What are we looking? You know, it's, you know, it's it's. Uh, if you if you look at it from the negative side, you're saying, okay, well, that you know, my sin nature, that's my ego and my yeah, pride. Yeah. You were talking yeah, about yeah. pride earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, but on the good side, it's like you were built to be competitive. Yeah. You know, yeah. And so yeah. maybe there's a better way yes. of being competitive that actually gets you to move a little bit rather than sitting in your chair. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe there's a better race to run. Do you think? There you go. Yeah. That's good. Saying it. Yeah. <laughs> it really is, and it actually could be a race. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you start learning to 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 run, or uh, you know, and I yeah. I, I do. Uh, I do some workout that that to me that's I wish it was as, addict, as addictive as some of these other things. But yeah, working out is good for you and uh, and it's and, and it's key to recovery. Mm. One of the one you know when I get guys started on the recovery path, it isn't just about changing the way you think. It's also about changing the way you live. So we talk yeah. about going to the we talk about exercise, we talk about diet, we talk about sleep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gosh, I wish we had time to talk about uh, marijuana. Mm. That would be an interesting one as far as the addictive yeah. nature of that. Uh, as but we don't we kind of run out of time here today. But uh, next time you come on, well, I want to pick your brain a little bit on some other addictive type things. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. You know, alcohol, like uh, you know, without being an alcoholic, you know, yeah. What, what, like what levels? Yes. Start bringing harm and yeah. Because, you know, if you're talking about I'm thinking cell a lot phone, about that these days. If you're talking about cell phone being addictive and harmfully so, yeah. You know, what other things in our life that are actually becoming more and more uh, introduced as norms in, in our culture yeah. that maybe should not be norms for yeah. for us to live a healthy life. So And can take us away from a life fully lived, yeah. right? Yeah. Just occupy us with these trivialities. Yeah. Life's yeah. too short. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, man. Well, Nate, thank you for... Your time again last week and today. And enjoy. again, I want to really recommend it. your book, Samson and the Pirate Monks, your podcast. Oh, yeah. Let me say yeah. something quickly. Yes, please. Uh, one of the big, uh, been some big changes in the Samson Society okay, during good. the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, the online meetings have taken off. So there are meetings now, not just in English, but also in French, Spanish, oh, Italian, wow. and Russian. Yeah. And you're leading all those language meetings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And one of the neat things is that uh, a women's, the wives have gotten together. Nice. So there is now the Sarah Society. Oh, sweet. 
with uh, women who, uh, you know, they don't want to go out and tell the world what their husband has done, but they're living with a broken heart. They don't know what to do with the pain of the betrayal trauma. Now, uh, it's not a, a man-haters society. It's women who love their mm. husbands, but uh, are dealing with the pain and uh, want to work toward recovery. So the Sarah Society is now operating. So, Good. Wow. yeah. The, um, and how, do, how would you, uh, if you want to link into a, a meeting, yeah. uh, is there, there certain times of the day or? Uh, yeah, there is. Uh, if you want to join an online meeting of the Samson Society, um, you've, got to, you've got to attend a newcomer meeting, which is essentially a two-way interview. It's your chance to meet us, our chance to okay. meet you. Make sure you're a real person and not a robot or a scammer or, okay. you know, okay. Yeah. Uh, and there is, a, you have to just go to samsonsociety.org, sign up for a newcomer meeting. There's one every day. Oh, They're at different wow. times. So find Excellent. one that fits your calendar. Yeah. And then uh, once you've gone through the newcomer meeting where you'll get an orientation for how, how the society operates and how the meetings run, then you'll be given the keys to get into the virtual community. And there are multiple wow. meetings every day. Wow. Our goal is to have at least one meeting every hour of every day. We're a long way from that, but we're making great progress. And that's um, we'll put we'll put those in our notes. But it's uh, Samson Society. Is that what? Yeah, SamsonSociety.org. Okay, SamsonSociety.org. Very good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, between getting the book would be good, but you don't want to leave them just like again working out on your own. You want to get them in the group, right? Right. In in relationship with other people that can help bring that healing process. Yeah. Well, Nate, thank you again for your time, man. I appreciate that. I want to recommend if you hadn't heard uh, last week's interview or the one that was uh, probably from a year, maybe 18 months ago that, that you did, that you told yeah. a little bit more of your story as well. Uh, put all these together and uh, that, that, I think that'll really motivate you to get on the Samson Society group if you've not been on already. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. All right, buddy. God bless, man. Thanks, man. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge, transforming lives through the message and mission of Jesus Christ. Each week, this podcast reaches thousands of listeners. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you who believe in World Challenge's mission. Thank you for listening and supporting.